You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans? Welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Also, give this podcast a follow there as well. That is simply at Locked On Cubs. All right, how are we doing? We a little bit better? A little bit? I'll be honest with you. Still mad. I still woke up this morning with this feeling of just like, you got to be kidding me. I don't I don't know what it is. It's really taken me a long time to shake this, which is making me feel a little pathetic. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It's like, my God, Joe, you're, you got your health. You got a beautiful family that loves you. You've got people I love. I've got an amazing couple jobs. I, you know, got a lot of good things going for me got killer shoulders. You guys should check these things out. But listen, though, if, I'm be, if I could be serious with you, I, I'm going to dive into it. And there was an interview on ESPN 1000 here locally in Chicago with Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, conducted by David Kaplan and Jay Hood on the Cap and Hood show. So, you know, I got to give credit where credit is due. It was Hoyer's first interview. He then later jumped on with Bernstein and Rahimi, I think that's how you pronounce her last name, on 670 to score. And he kind of walked back a couple of the things he said. And we're going to get into what he said. I'm going to be talking a lot about that. I'm going to, you know, give some more love to Bryant and Javi Baez. I didn't really give them, not like a, like a baseball player eulogy. They're not really dead, of course, but they're no longer with the Cubs. I wanted to give them tribute. I should have said tribute. But I was on a podcast earlier. I want to give a shout out to the San Ranto podcast. Uh, they're a bunch of great guys. They're huge Cubs fans. And they kind of joked calling it like a Cubs funeral, but it was basically just like a panel in which everyone was kind of airing their grievances. Because Seinfeld fans, you know how in Festivus you have an airing of the grievances? That's what I think a lot of Cubs fans need to do. That's what if they do have a, have a Cubs convention again, which some of us think they won't because they don't want to face the music and who's going to go. There's a lot of angry fans out there. They should have kind of like an airing of the grievances where you get to go to the microphone and just absolutely let it go. They owe us that much. I really believe that. As a matter of fact, Tom Ricketts did uh, send a letter out too. I will also be reading that to you all. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. So Jed Hoyer kind of felt like he took the gloves off. My guy, Dom Frederick, is a great Twitter follow, the director of morale for Chicago Cubs, which kudos to him because he is really trying to remain positive and keep his head up, and I, I don't know how he's doing it. I always thought, and I'm introduced as a very optimistic Cubs fan. When I'm on other podcasts, when I guest on different radio shows or on 670 The Score, Anything in which people ever introduce me as a Cubs fan, they kind of go, no, Joe, you're more of an optimistic, half-full type of Cubs fan. Tell us. And then, you know, they, they ask me a question. And I was introduced that way today on a podcast, and I said, well, that guy is broken. Uh, the Cubs offense broke in 2018, as, as famously was stated. I My optimism has broken. Because, again, this will be the second rebuild. And we're going to get into that too, because Jed goes rebuild. I don't really, he's trying to downplay the length of this rebuild as opposed to the last one. But if they don't spend in 2022 and he even mentioned, he goes, well, we don't really know what the CBA. So I can't even tell you what it's going to look like for free agency. So the collective bargaining agreement between the major league baseball players union and the ownership 
that deal, they, they strike a deal for X money years every so often, that is up going into this off season. Now, I don't know when the date is. That's the thing about Major League Baseball can be a little annoying. If it's one of those things where before the offseason begins, we are going to figure this out, then okay, cool. But if it's, if it's something they often do where it drags out during the course of the offseason, that could be a scary thing, Cubs fans, because I believe that they could use this CBA as yet another reason not to spend money. Oh, we couldn't really make any deals because we didn't know what was going on with the new CBA and what the new rules were going to be, meaning new rules like, um, service time manipulation, like what they did with Chris Bryant, where they send him down for 12 days to get in a whole extra year. They might make that those rules different. They might make uh, slot money for drafting different, the qualifying offer in which a team has a pending free agent. Like say the Cubs never traded Javier Baez. Say, and then at the end of the year, we offer him what's called the qualifying offer, which is a one-year deal for, I believe the offer is up to around $19 million. They kind of average out all the salaries or something like that. And if he accepts it, he's on our team. If he doesn't, you get draft pick compensation. They might change that rule. So there's a whole lot of things. And Jed did say that Theo and him in 20 going into 2012, because that's the last time the CBA was up, they had a plan. And then when the CBA got turned upside down and a new CBA was put into place with new rules, they're like, well, we had to then change our plan because they were just going to sink all sink all their money into the draft. Before that, it was kind of a thing where you know, say there's a second round player, he would be like, I'm not going to sign with you. But then if you give him all this money, he would. You know what I mean? It's, there was a manipulation that favored the big market teams in the draft, which is why Boston, the Red Sox under Theo and Jed previously, were able to continue to find absolute stars up and down the draft. And they never drafted high in Boston. They were never a top 10 pick. Whereas the Cubs, it was different in 20. 12, 2013, 2014, we had top five picks. We were six pick in 2012, actually. Albert Amora, that was a failure. 2013, Chris Bryant took him second overall. That was a big win. Kyle Schwarber picked fourth overall in 2014. That was also a big win. Um, he might not turn out to be a super, superstar. But by the way, just a reminder, everyone, pretty much half of the players taken in the first round of the draft, about half, don't even make it to the major leagues. It often happens. So it's not like one of those things. So if you get a guy that you take 17th and he plays a handful of really good seasons, but you know, never an all-star, but a serviceable player, bat sixth in your lineup, that was a successful draft. Believe it or not. It's it's one of those things. Drafting in baseball is very difficult. And it's not even entertaining in a way. That's why kudos to the, the people out there who... You know, the Growing Cubs podcast, Greg Haas, I think his name is. He was uh, talking on the podcast I was on earlier. Those dudes dedicate everything. Brian Smith from Bleacher Nation. Uh, Tim Hughes, a good follow for stuff like that. Their whole world is prospects. So in a way, it might be fun for them because they, it's, they're they're just looking up, uh, hey, who's going to be good? Who's young? Who's that? Uh, to the average fan, it's, oh, we drafted this guy? Cool. When's he going to be ready? Four years from now? All right, great. I will forget all about him. Baseball's already every day. I don't have time to follow the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. I don't have time to follow the, you know, West Tennessee. Are they the Smokies? I don't even know their team name anymore. They're the Tennessee. They were once the Diamond Jacks. Are they the, I think they're the Tennessee Smokies now. There you go. Great minor league team names, by the way. They are fun. And it's a fun thing. If you live in a city that has a minor league team, go support them. It's a lot of fun. So 
Jed Hoyer, who I've given the benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways. I just don't feel very confident in them spending in 2022. I think the Ricketts still are in operating in the mindset, and wrongly so, that we didn't make any money in 2020 because there wasn't any tickets. And we went over on renovation, and instead of punishing whoever screwed that up, we're going to punish the baseball team. Because don't forget, everybody. And I, I met Tom Ricketts, and I've said in this podcast I liked him. He was a nice guy. We talked for like 10 minutes or so, and he did a great job building up the organization. Like what he look, he took over. He bought the team in 2009. 2010 was his first season. Kind of like assessing some stuff. I get it. You know, you just spent 900 million dollars on a team. You don't want to jump into anything. 2011, awful year. Fires Jim Hendry, which I thought was the right move. Jim Hendry had been with the team for a long time, and the arrow was pointing down, and we needed to get a whole new system put in place. Jim Hendry made some nice moves. Seemed like a nice man. So I'm not going to dog him right now. But he went out and got Theo Epstein. Was there some luck that Theo became available because Theo got frustrated with Boston a little bit? Sure. Sure. We, you know, Theo had one more year on that deal, right? But he went out there and got him. So you got to give Tom Ricketts a lot of credit there. That changed everything. But it definitely has felt like his focus shifted from, oh, these guys got the baseball operations, which, yeah, trust your baseball team. He then went all in with Crane Kenny, who clearly must know how to fudge numbers or do something. And go, let's let's focus on the business side. Cause they were probably over mortgage. I don't know how many people they borrowed from to buy the team and all that. Cause that's what the, that's what these billionaires do. They never spend their own money ever. But I gave them a lot of credit because with this renovation, they did. It was like five hundred million dollars of their own money. Now it didn't help that his father had uh said some bad stuff about Rahm Emanuel's former boss, uh, President Obama, which then made Rahm go, Yeah, I'm not gonna help you. Cause a lot of the big cities for some reason, gladly give money to stadiums. I, I think wrongfully so. It takes the risk out of being an owner. I respect business owners because there's risk. But for some reason, the bigger your business, the less risk. But you, yeah, that's the thing. If you have a small business, you get screwed over all the time. If you have a massive, massive business, you there's so little risk. Oh, you messed up. You did all this. Ah, here's some money from the government. Here's a bailout. Banks are interested in you rebounding because you're a big business. The earning potential is huge. But it really takes all of the risk out of it. And, and that's what kills all of us as baseball fans because they didn't lose money during the pandemic. They just didn't make as much money as they thought they would. And since that point, I've said over and over again, and maybe I'm too harsh on ownership. People are like, oh, you got to blame the players more. Yeah, the players didn't rise to the occasion. There's a lot of factors. Theo and Jed didn't make the right moves when they could have at certain points. But the biggest culprit to me will always be the lack of putting the right of supplementing the core, meaning spending the money when they could have. They had one big off season after the, they had a big off season after 2015 before 2015, John Lester, they traded for Montero and traded for Fowler. They didn't give up much in either of those trades. They were really good trades. Those were the moves that off season. It brought Jason Hamill back too, but again, he wasn't like a big contract guy. Then 2016, they, Spent big money on Hayward. Hey, gave a great speech, but in the long run, not a good contract. Ben Zobrist, even with the, the ending being bad, great contract because he took less money to come here. Will free agents do that in the future? Not too sure. Not too sure at all. You know, but what you want to be sure about everyone, here comes an ad. Wild Alaska 
everybody. You're talking about fresh fish. The Wild Alaskan Company has got you covered. We all know we should be eating way more fish to be getting our omega-3s and protein. It's great. Some of the best protein comes from fish. Uh, and the seafood counter, though, could be pretty intimidating. I don't know if you go to some of these places, you're like, I don't what is that? I don't know what that is. And they're like, hurry up. And they're yelling. And then they're throwing fish around. I guess that's just in Seattle. Cool city, by the way. So, you know, you're not really used to having a lot of choices. But don't worry. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon white fish or a combination and every month there are different specials to explore each shipment contains premium wild caught individually wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook how about that deal so get check this out right now you get 15 percent off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash mlb that's right wildalaskancompany.com slash mlb for 15 dollars off your first box I was talking about free, free agents and whether or not, you know, Chicago's going to become, you know, a sexy destination. I think, look, well, I obviously think Chicago is the greatest city in the world. I was born and raised here. I still live here. I've lived here my whole life besides three years. I lived in L.A., but I've been here, and I think it's an amazing city. And I think Wrigley Field is still an, attra- an attraction, but I don't know if it's what, what it was. You know, I mentioned the offseason, which it was Hayward. Zobrist, John Lackey. Lackey was really strong for some 2016, kind of shaky in 2017, but it wasn't big money. It was only a two-year deal. That was fine overall. Then 2017, they actually cut payroll. They had less payroll after winning a World Series because they figured, all right, well, now it's time to give Amora a shot over Fowler, and they brought in John Jay as like kind of insurance for Amora. And, but even so, Amora was still there. They pushed, positioned him as a platoon player right away, and John Jay was solid, so he really took off. I'm not trying to say Amora should have got a better shot because we all know whatever. They have that World Series hangover. They make the trade for, you know, Quintana, which did help bring us win the division. They don't make that trade. They don't win the division. You know, in hindsight, you, maybe you'd rather have Eloy and Dylan Cease in the long run. I still was not that mad at that deal because, again, Quintana was like a top pitcher in the American League at the time. I think he was like seventh in wins above replacement over the previous few seasons and was an all-star. To me, what made Quintana different was like, oh, you don't really rise to the occasion. Although he had a really good plaster against the Nationals, I want to say. Or was it against the Dodgers in the playoffs? Doesn't matter. My point is this. I think the biggest culprit, if I could reiterate, about the downfall of this era of Cubs baseball, and it still breaks my heart that this Cubs era is over with. All throughout my house, especially in my basement, I'm looking at 2016 World Series champion memorabilia everywhere I turn. And now I know that and that was only five years ago. 2016 was not that long ago. And now I know it's all over. That's hard to sit with. You know, we all kind of dreamed and envisioned what a World Series champion Cubs team would be like and how those people would be perceived. I remember being a young, like third, fourth grade, being like, can you imagine saying to my friends, could you imagine if the Cubs won the World Series? It could be some horrible event. World War III breaks out, but then the next line would be like, but hey, the Cubs won the World Series. Like I thought it would have been a headline for a month straight. I thought every day the Chicago Tribune, sometimes it would say Cubs won World Series. 30 days later, it would still be like Cubs won World Series. Merry Christmas, Cubs. Like they would, I thought it would be that epic, and it was pretty epic. We had a parade that had 5 million people, the, world, the largest gathering in American history, seventh largest gathering of human beings in the history of the world. That we know of, of course. Whenever I see stuff like that, I'm like, how do you know? Right? But still, it's and it's it's over. That is over. And I'm still incredibly grateful 
I'm not going to let it take the joy away. And there are people out there who are trying to do it. They don't realize they're doing it, but they are. Because there are some people who are like glad it's over. We had to re we have to rebuild. And they're like looking forward to the rebuild. They're like, oh, this is the right thing. They're like, oh, we got this guy. We got that guy. And this minor league prospect and that person. And, and, and whenever I say, well, they better spend, they go, oh, well, why would you? They seem to want it, which is just weird to me from a fan perspective. Even if you think it's the right play, you shouldn't be joyous over it. And the more and more they bring that up, the more and more it almost does. It do, it it kind of takes away. I'm not letting it. I'm doing my best I can. But every now and then I, I've heard, you know, I've talked to some people and they're like, well, you know, Theo really screwed it up. This is Theo's mess. I'm like, all right, if it's Theo's mess, trade Brennan Davis. He drafted Brennan Davis. Get rid of Nico. Nico's a Theo guy too. Anyone Theo touched, get rid of because he clearly he's junk. And they go, ah, oh, Joe, you're overreacting. And I'm like, yeah, I am. It doesn't feel good though, does it? Have I, did I make you upset? Because that's, that's what you're doing to me right now. So yeah, I'm still not okay with any of this. It's just, it feels like, I don't, I don't think they had to bring everyone back either. Because yes, of course, to keep bringing them back would have been foolish. But after 2018, 2018 was the la- that going the offseason going into 2018 was the last offseason they truly spent like a powerhouse that they should be spending like. The only reason that the payroll went up in 2019 and 2020 was because current players they had were getting raises through arbitration. Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, Chris Bryant, they got increases in pay. Because that's that's just the way. That's another thing the CBA will talk about how that goes up, and through that, the payroll went up. But the payroll didn't go up because they went out and got Bryce Harper, or they went out and got Manny Machado, or they went out and got a couple like you know really strong bullpen arms. And if you're thinking, oh well, they got Kimbrel, they got Kimbrel in about June of 2020. After a certain time, the draft pick was no longer tied to him, and the Cubs got. I think it lucky. This is horrible. Ben Zobris wife turned out to be the devil and he took a leave of absence. And because of that, he wasn't getting paid and he was out for a long time. Remember he didn't come back till the end of the year that opened up about nine to $10 million, which was enough to sign Kimbrell at that point. And Kimbrell wasn't good. He was horrible that year and he was horrible for most of 2020, maybe half of 2020. He, the guy needed a spring training. You give him a spring training. He's great. As we've seen, he's one of the best closers in baseball right now. But he was bad for us. So if they were being serious, if, that, if the Zobras thing doesn't happen, we don't get Kimbrell. Plain and simple. So if anyone's out there sticking up for the, the ownership by going, well, they got Kimbrell. You're, you're wrong. It was an ipso facto. It was a domino had to fall. Where if they would have just spent like a big team, if they would have gotten Zach Britton that offseason, it would have cost them less than Kimbrell's getting annually. And they would have been be- in better shape going into that. You know, th- And then the Zobras thing happens. Now you could get a bat. Right, they ended up trading for Castellanos in 2019 as well. Maybe then you could afford to keep him long term. And then there you go. And then 2020 is a different year, and 2021 is a different year. Now you're actually in the playoffs, guaranteed, and you're probably making some more noise. So again, I just will not tolerate people acting like the money wasn't the issue. Did players not progress? Was there injuries at wrong times? Yes. Did they hold on to a couple players too long? Yes. But again, all of that is fixed with money. It, it just is. We, they, and if they're going to do this rebuild, don't slash ticket prices. Are they going to charge less for tickets? You know they're not.
If you're feeling lucky, you want to check out Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The trade deadline just broke a lot of our hearts. And you can, of course, track all the action with Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or cell phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't send the sidelines anymore. This is your chance. Get in on the action. Your team, some of your favorite teams might be going to the playoffs. Not ours, though, sadly. Head to the website or, again, your cell phone and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bam, that's big money. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. RockAuto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. Come on, I'm not buying it. We've got computers at home, everyone. So here's what you want to do. You want to go to rockauto.com, right? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like you for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They probably got those cool mud flaps with like different designs on them. You know what I'm talking about, right? So go to rockauto.com. Explore all you need. It's very easy to navigate website, and when you... Go there. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box. They know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Rockauto.com. I'm going to get into what Jed Hoyer said and what Tom Ricketts said. Okay. I, I know I've been kind of teasing it the whole time, but here, here it goes. Basically, he was asked about the extensions for the players and working those out. And here's what he had to say. Here's where the quotes begin. Judd says, so that is the thing that will probably be my greatest source of frustration from this era. And I don't want to address anyone individually. We said we want to talk about extension talks publicly, and I think it's in bad faith to do it now. The only thing I will say is that while frustrating, I put my head on the pillow every night knowing that we put our best foot forward. The extensions we offered these guys will hold up exceptionally well. Historically, they'll hold up exceptionally well and against the open market. If I could interject, that's basically his way of saying the money we offered is what they is what they're worth. And even and if they get more somewhere else, they're not going to live up to that money. It's kind of yeah, it's a little backhanded if you ask me. I don't know why guys didn't want to sign. He then continues. I don't know why guys didn't want to even counter offer oftentimes. I don't know. Because every one of these guys would say they wanted to stay in Chicago. We want to be a Cub. He says in quotes, like, you know, quoting them. But when we sat down to do the negotiations, that's not how they acted. I'll repeat again. He says, everyone was like, we want to stay in Chicago. We want to be a Cub. But when we sat down to do negotiations, that's not how they acted. He goes, I see a guy like Lance Lynn who comes to Chicago and signs an extension. And he certainly could have gotten more on the open market this winter. But he said, I want to stay here. I want to be a White Sox. That wasn't something that happened other than Kyle Hendricks, who I admire for really rolling up his sleeves with us. We didn't have that. And so it's a source of incredible frustration for me, but at the same time, it's a source of zero second guessing, a source of zero analysis from my end 
what could have been done because I look at it and I know what was offered and I know what the dialogue was and I accept that we put our best foot forward and we tried our hardest, but it was not reciprocated. Those are the statements from Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer. Now, again, I was not in those meetings. I don't know what the money was, but damn it, do I want to know what the money was. Also, if I could adjust the Lance Lynn analogy, that's where I was like, mm, first of all, Jed didn't need to say any of this. And I'm dying to know what Rizzo, Bryant, and Javi thinks about these statements. Javi's agent and his people put out a statement saying there was no new offer within the last year or so. We hadn't talked since before the 2020 season. So, And then he goes, and then we did counter back then. And then there were talks never happened again. So it sounds like Jed's lying a little bit already. Chris Bryant, as we know, has said repeatedly there has been no offer. That could be Bryant, though, using just being technical, say no actual offer sheet was put forth. But maybe Jed and Theo went up to uh, Boris going, what do you think about this? And he's like, I'm not even going to bring that to Chris. So who knows? That's something that maybe there'll be a 30 for 30 documentary about this Cubs era one day, and we'll find out the truth. But if I could go back to the Lance Lynn thing for a second, he mentions that he comes to Chicago and signs an extension. Now, the White Sox, for those of you who don't know, traded for Lance Lynn in the offseason. They paid a fairly hefty price, too, to the Texas Rangers. And Lance Lynn signed a two-year deal. Lance Lynn's about 34, 35 years old. Two-year deal for about $18 million per. Maybe he gets more in the offseason, uh, a little bit more. But also, Lance Lynn wants to be part of what the Sox are doing the next couple of years. He sees that they're going upwards. The Cubs tried to extend their guys after they won the World Series. After. Now, if the Cubs would have approached all these guys before the 2016 season and said, hey, we saw what you guys did in 2015. You were amazing. We would like to make extensions right now. They probably sign. Maybe Bryant doesn't because he was just a rookie of the year and he was only one year in and they you know, service time manipulation him a little bit. So maybe he was a little angry about that. Also, Boris was going to be like, no, wait a few more years. If you want to extend with him, fine, but we can do it two years from now. You're only going up, which is true. He was MVP the very next year and a World Series champion. But I'm telling you, right, they could have extended Javi after 2015. Javi wasn't an everyday guy in 2015, though. So again, a lot of this was timing. When you win a World Series as a player, that's your dream since you were a child. Your next dream, though, is to get paid. I've said this a few times. I've said this a few times. It bears repeating, though. It's to get paid. Now, that doesn't mean they're not taking a little bit of a discount to stay. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean they don't want to stay. They do want to stay, but they want to get at least close to market value. John Lester took less money to sign with the Cubs because he believed in what the, the plan was. Jed and Theo pitched him a great plan and said, here's what we view you as one of the final pieces or as a big piece. Ben Zobris signed. For less money. They both all even Jason Hayward, several of these guys, as I said earlier in the podcast, could have had bigger money elsewhere. They came here for because it was the Cubs' destination. They want to be part of that team to end the drought. So it's a different circumstances, though. Once you win, you want that payday. That they would have taken less, though. They offered Rizzo 570. He said no. If they would have came back with 580, did they come back? I want to hear Jed Hoyer say we came back with 580. He still said no. We even said, what about 585? He said, no. All right, then. Th then, then, okay. I get that now. 
But don't compare Lance Lynn, who, by the way, I think was doing some some sticky icky on the ball, doing a little KY ball. You know what I'm saying? Getting a little little spit, get a little little hawking some loogies. You know what I mean? Playing playing some dirty games. And I think I look at he's pitched okay since then, but he's had a couple starts where I'm like, ooh, not so dominant, huh? Lance Lynn. So of course he's going to sign onto that deal. That makes a lot of sense to me. The Sox have another pitcher, Carlos Rodon, who's having a really awesome year. Shaky lately. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a week from now we hear about him and have an extension. Do you know why? They not tendered him in the offseason. This is the first good year he's had in his career. Perfect time to extend him if you believe in him. A lot of this time stuff is timing. It's just the way that goes. But I don't like him throwing these guys under the bus. I think it's going to make future free agents be like, I don't want to play for, the, for this organization. Leaking stuff like that. He then later was on the score and he walked it back by going, these guys are all legends in Chicago. People should appreciate them. They, they, they gave us a World Series. They're all amazing. And you know why he walked it back? Because I already saw fans tweeting, well, forget them then. They don't want to be here. Bye. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Already starting to turn on the people who provided you all that memorabilia. I love, I don't love it. I hate it, but it cracks me up in a sense because it's like, are you kidding me? I see people all the time with world series champion stuff on their, their profile and all over their banner and their picks. And then all their tweets are how much they, they, they think Chris Bryant's a prima donna. Javi's a bum who strikes out too much. Forget Rizzo and his bad back. It's just, it's, it's overplayed. It's all very much overplayed to me. And here's what Tom Ricketts had to say. All right, here we go. I got it. It's, uh, sorry, it took me a second to find it, so I had to cut there. He sends a, a letter out to season ticket holders. He goes, this past week has been extremely hard for everyone, especially our team and our fans. It's impossible to properly prepare for parting with players who personify what it means to be a Cub. While we believe the decisions we took were for our, for our organization, <laughs> sorry, I can't read everyone, they were nonetheless difficult to make. For nearly a decade, we've had the joy of watching Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, and Chris Bryant set franchise records, win countless awards, and become World Series champions and amazing ambassadors for our franchise and city. And we reward them by telling them to get lost. No, I'm kidding. He doesn't say that part. Their individual and collective contributions to our organization cannot be overstated. They are forever etched in Cubs history and the hearts of our fans. Keeping our core together as long as we did help create one of the most successful eras of Cubs baseball. It wasn't without a price as we traded several promising young prospects from the 2016-2020 in our quest to win another World Series. Over the past few weeks, such a crap. That, you know what? You know, that's I have to interrupt that because what a crock of shit. I don't swear on this podcast, and that's probably the first one I've ever done. Sorry, young listeners, for listening. If you're a parent out there, I try not to do it again. And if you got your kid listening with you. But... What a yeah, that's what you do when you're in a competitive window. You trade prospects for players to put you over the top. Can you imagine any other organization sending out this letter? They're trying to blame the core. And look, yes, the core did not get better. I'm not even saying that they should have all been kept, but to do it all like this at once, pitiful, absolutely pitiful. Man, do I want to say so much more. And you guys know this. One of my dreams in life is to throw out the first pitch at a Cubs game. And the more and more I talk and put out this type of stuff, the less likely that's going to happen. Seriously, it was a dream. I envisioned visualization of standing on the mound with my young little sons. Right? They get to go out there with me with their little Cub jerseys on, throwing out a first pitch at Wrigley. 
Because there's been some people out there that throw at first pitches where I'm like, really them? Them? Some country singer who's who sold six albums? I've had three number one comedy albums, baby. Where's my first pitch? Good friend of mine, Roy Wood Jr., put like he did like a text over where he like or he texted the guy and the guy's like, Oh, we know Joe. I did a Cubs commercial. I was in a Cubs commercial. You guys know that with like in Baron Holtz. Like Baron Holtz is a great actor from Chicago. He narrated, I think, one of the Cubs documentaries. Yeah. It's uh and I'm sure saying these things is not gonna win me any favor. It's not, but I gotta be honest and frank. And and if they spend this offseason and they win the World Series a couple of years from now, I will gladly eat crow. I will gladly be like, I was wrong. I'm an idiot. I should have trusted you guys. You could throw all this back in my face. But right now, it's very, it's it's gonna be very hard to forgive. All right, the, the letter goes on. You know, I'll repeat it. It wasn't without a price because we traded several promising prospects for 2016 to 2020. I can't even read it without. And our quest to win another World Series. Over the past few weeks, it became clear it was time to make decisions focused on our future, not our past. However, we do not regret pouring everything we had into keeping this championship window open as long as possible. You didn't, you didn't though. You didn't pour everything you could. You would have kept, you would have supplemented around them. Because think about whatever. As David Ross said, the greatest legacy of Anthony, Javi, and Chris is where they are part of a team that raised expectation. Cubs fans are no longer content with merely making the playoffs as we reset our team. Please know we share your highest expectations with five postseason appearances in the last six years, including reaching the NLCS three times in our historic World Series championship. Sustainable on-field success is the new standard. Sustainable on-field success is the new standard? Well, what do you plan on finishing in 2022 and 2023? If you plan on being bad, that's clearly a lie. That is a lie. We are focused on replenishing our farm system and reloading our roster to build our next great Cubs team. The recent addition of several young high-ceiling players and highly effective player development system and additional financial resources underpin our position of strength. Your support is critical to our success, and I want to thank you for your incredible loyalty now and through the years. During our season without fans due to COVID-19, you remain committed to our team and you help bring life and magic back to the friendly confines this year. You were extremely patient as we worked to build the championship roster and restore Wrigley Field. You believed in our plan to win and trust us to deliver on our commitment to play championship baseball in the greatest ballpark in America. And we did. And I assure you, we will do it again soon. We understand it might take a little time to process these changes as we integrate new players into our already talented roster. If the past tells us anything, watching a remarkable team come together is extremely exciting and rewarding, especially when everyone is aligned on the goal of winning the World Series. Highly anticipated call-ups, Wrigley Field debuts, immediate big league impact. It's all part of what makes our game so special. We're grateful for the chance to share in that joy and journey together. Again, sincerely, Tom Ricketts. Look, nice enough sentiments, but it seems like, hey, please keep spending your money while we don't. Because we need to wait. That's what it that's what it comes off as to me. I'm not happy, everybody. I am not happy, and I don't know when I will be again. I I I thank you all for listening to this podcast because it's been fun to have a, a platform to vent. And I love and appreciate each and every one of you. I am grateful for you guys. And hopefully this funk I'm in turns around and I can find something to get excited about again. But the Front ownership, front office, whatever you want to label, whoever you want to blame, has not given me any reason to be optimistic over these past few seasons. They haven't. 
They just, they just have not. And, um, and now I'm really hungry. I gotta get some food in me. All right, Cubs fans. Um, thanks again for, for listening. You guys, you guys are the best. I will never not say go Cubs. So as always, I, I didn't, I didn't do my thing to Bryant and Javi. I'll get to that another time. All right. You guys are the best locked on bets. Everybody betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favored picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts.